What did um? What did? Were you working today? I was. Now, were you talking to Evan today? I was talking. Is to this him. on? Right. Are we you, on? Yeah. I was, you, ta- I was talking to him briefly. Yeah. What did you say? What did he say to you? I was just picking his brain to see who I was facing. What? Well, you you've listened to it. I've listened to it, yeah, but it's a lot different when you're in the seat yourself, like, you know. Yeah, but this wouldn't be something that you'd be used to doing. No. Well, if it makes you feel any better, a year and a half ago, it wasn't something I'd be used to doing either. I'm well used to talking, but not when uh, I just keep the audience, I suppose. Yeah, well, this week we have a man named James Forrestal. He's a stone cold cowboy. Are you stone cold cowboy, would you say, all your life? I think... The only reason you actually came up with that was you seen it on the back wall of one of the trucks I had one I'd night. I'd say it was one of years. Yeah, well, at the Camrose Run one night. Yeah. And you took a savage liking to that saying after I that. I did. <laughs> it was so funny. Because I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was first funny because the first funny thing that I seen on the back of a lorry, I remember going out with a load of timber one day and someone on the back of a lorry went, said cowboys don't care <laughs> <laughs> and it was an old lad and I was there cowboys don't care and I remember saying to him next day what does, what does that mean cowboy like no I'm a yeah. cowboy no tar road you know the, the cowboy mm. and I just thought it was fierce funny yeah sure it is yeah you're a Kilkenny man, Kilkenny man. Thomastown yeah Thomastown and you know Evan Kelly that was here doing the podcast I do sure he's one of my very close friends now yeah he would grew up to, together he was a little older than me growing up so when I was going around a push bike, Evan was going around in a car, like, you know. What that much of a difference? Uh, sure, probably three or four years, I'd say. Yeah, when you're younger, it's that's a, a big difference. When you're, when you're 13 and someone is 17, they're driving, <laughs> that's a big difference. I know. Yeah, four, Evan, four years is a long time when you're waiting to be 17. Yeah. What was your first car? Um, it's funny you ask that now. I wanted to buy a, a fast car like everyone else wanted to buy. Yeah. Father said, no, you're not buying one of them yokes. No way, you're getting the van. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, no, I didn't get a van, no. So he was up the country one day, I think he was in Mayo. And he was walking down the street and he seen this Citroen Saxo. And there was a for sale sign on the back of it and there was a roll cage in it. But when he seen the car, it was a great idea. Yeah. So, so he said, is this the car for you? I think he'd even put a deposit on the car. There and then. There and then, I went up and collected it then. <laughs> on the side of the street? <laughs> on the side of the street, yeah. And did you, were you delighted? I was delighted, yeah. Is that like Saxo. a present? No, I had to buy it. But he just bumped <laughs> So I went up and collected it, and uh, I don't know what, it was about three grand or something, you know. Had you a full license? It was a 1.6 VGR. She wasn't too bad for a young lad, like. Had you a full license? Jesus, I didn't even drive it home myself. I'd say we brought home the trailer. I was only about 16 and a half, it's a. As you were well ready to run the road to go, by the time yeah. you got there. <laughs> I was um, how many in your family? So, mother and father, obviously, and uh, three sisters. Three sisters. Three sisters, yeah. School, did you like it? You would baby. No. Your sister younger than you? I have one younger sister and two older. Your only boy. Only boy. Yeah. <laughs> Were you spoiled? No. Stephanie may do more work than the rest of them, though. Really? <laughs> 100%, yeah. Women do not. Ah, uh, sure. Tell the truth. Like, Tell the like, truth. Like, Don't be afraid to say it. Like, there's not, I know there's a few now, but not many women get stuck into lorries, like, you know. But as we young, when I was younger, there was, there was cows at home. And we only had a small little farm. There was cows at home. So the girls would be more involved with that then. Hmm. But um, then with the trucks, I suppose, sure, you get the chap out, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were out, you're outside the town a bit. We're about a mile outside the town and we're at the end of a lane. I have a small little premises there and it's like really private. So it's actually a really nice place, you know. So would you have considered yourself farmers, 
or holidays back then? Oh, definitely holidays. Definitely holidays. Like I can vaguely remember how I was being at home. Like you know, vaguely remember. Like I was only I was very young. But you always remember the lorries. Oh yes, yeah, sure. the lorries were there from the get go. The lorries were there. You know, I'm sure my father always he probably had lorries maybe even before I was born. Around that time, I think he got lorries. Yeah, timber. No, I think he started off. He started off delivering coal, I think, with a uh, Morris Miner or something, I think, like that. But he had a JCB before that, and uh, he started off with a rigid. I, I think it was something got to do with it. I think he was delivering coal and doing stuff like that. I think that's what he was at the start. You, you can't remember that, though. I just see the pictures of the... You know the way you look through pictures at home years ago, and you see the truck, and you'd say, what was that for? And yeah. You vaguely remember stuff like, you know... Should I, yeah, I think what makes me remember that is that... He had a forklift and he obviously didn't have a Moffat. The Moffat's were expensive. Like. Mm. So he used to reverse the forklift up the side of the trailer, off from the ground <laughs> with two rams. I don't think there was even brakes in the forklift. So you could have went off the far side like when you got up there, like, you know. Nice and, fit, uh, nice and safe. I think that's what makes you remember the coal. You know that? That's mad. That's mad, yeah. And and it, was, it was actually a dumper actually turned into a forklift, I think. You know that? And that was just him doing that? He was <laughs> doing that, yeah. And what do you remember? What's your earliest memory of the lorries and stuff? The, the earliest memory of lorries definitely was drawing beef to the sugar factory in Carlow. In fact, he used to always like someone to go with him. I think it was more of a company thing, but he used to let us on that he needed us anyway, which I think it was just... I mean, you mad for lorries when you were young lad? No. Or did you care? Definitely not. Even like, you know, when I was in school, I used to say to father, like I went block lane after, after my junior start, I said, no way I'm doing lorries. Like, you left school didn't like it? I left school at, yeah, I left after my junior search. So after my junior search, we went for a party and I actually went back and work on the next day. I was actually working with your man already. I just got a day off, you know. So um, Just I, doing a bit of labouring and stuff. Yeah, but sure, I started my apprenticeship then as a bricklayer, bricklayer, that's the whole mess, you know. Did you finish it? I'd done all the phase and force. So I went as far as six phase. And then... Um, I was meant to go back to site for six weeks or 12 weeks to finish out. You're meant to build a certain amount of stuff, chimney breast and whatever else. And sure, I was gone at this stage. I was, I think I was at home working the yard for my father at that time. The building collapsed. That was around 2009 or 10, I'd say. I gave it up. Things got quiet. In I'd say work. I didn't even do, I don't know, about three and a half years, I'd probably I'd say, you know, something like that. And what were you doing back in the yard? Sure, the building was kind of gone crappy at the time. The money was gone very small at it and it was raining. And so it was raining, you're rocking, you're not getting, you're not getting paid, especially when there's a recession going on. So if I'd have just put me on a handy wage and put me in the yard, just, just, just fixing trailers and... Mechanican? Mechanican. Sure, I was always kind of at that growing up when the lorries were always there anyway. I'm not a qualified mechanic right now, just... But you, you would have known just adjusting brake chambers and greasing yeah. the trailers. Yeah, the general messing around, changing Did you tires. big shed for it? Ches, no. Or lying down on the ground, lying hardcore. Down, lying down on the ground. Jeez, we've done it tough for a long time. Yeah, we've done it tough for a long time. Uh, we didn't have concrete for a long time. <laughs> how, <laughs> how many lorries had you back then? Um, back then when I was in the yard, so I was probably about 19 at the time, he had about four or five lorries, I'd say. He had probably four lorries drawn steel and he was back out in timber that time, yeah. Because when I first met you, I was working down in Galway with Pat Collier. He had the long-term contract and he used to come in loading the flats. Yeah, there was a lad up there who used to load us, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, well, it wasn't your lorry that loaded? No, it wasn't, no. It was the person that had the contract yeah. there at, at that time, yeah. Because when you started, you're, like your father was a gentleman. 
Yeah, yeah. And you started running a young lad. I didn't think that I was there. Oh, that's your young lad. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I look fair young when I did start now. Cause I you was, were a chap. You looked I, like a young lad. I did. Like, lads used to see me behind the wheel. And I knew they were saying, like, that lad can't be driving. <laughs> yeah, like, what age are you? Uh, now. No, back then. Uh, I think, I often think about this, but I think I was around 19 and a half. I think... I was around that, around 19, maybe I was 20 when I got my license, I'm not sure, around that age, yeah. Yeah, yeah about 20 I think, yeah. And did you like doing that? Or did you just have to, or was it a natural progression, no, did you I, want to? I always said I, I wouldn't have done the lorries. And then the building was kind of gone quite a pear shaped. And I said, it's very hard, a block lane even nowadays, it's very hard to get constant wage at. Because you have a, you have a year like we have there now, they could a whole week past, you might only get one or two days wages, like, or, or, or two weeks past, two days wages, you know, sure. There's no, what's the word? Uh, constant. Yeah, there's no constant flow, mm. like, you know. So then sure, when I was in the garage, all I wanted to do was get on the road. Yeah, because you were sick of the Just hard work. Get, get on the road. Everyone the, else has a handy. Yeah, well, they're all on the on the road, like, so yeah. you, you wanted to get out there. So I started driving then, and yes, I was true at the deep end. You were? Yeah, first of all, I think my father wanted to start me off slow, so he didn't have a truck for me, so he used to, he used to let me drive to Galway in the evening time and collect the trailer that was loaded on the side of the road. That's what you did? As I started off, but it only lasted for about two weeks. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do what the drivers there were doing. Yeah. He, he had really good drivers, and I just wanted to do what they were doing, so I felt like I was able to, but sure, I thought I was the right lad, but sure, I was a, I was a revved up young lad. <laughs> so I was. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find uh, going into the woods hard? Backing in, waiting to get loaded. If there was nobody there, I would probably back around on my left hand side and you wouldn't be too bad, like, you know. But if the crane is there, you you want to get it right if there's lads watching. There's a bit of pressure, like, but mm. uh, I was driving the lorries out of the wood loaded from around 15, 16. Fatty was let, let me drive out the lane loaded, like, you know. So when I did get in to drive the lorries, it wasn't I, very alien for you. What? It wasn't alien to you. you no, it wasn't alien, but still, though, you, you know yourself, coming out the wood lane, mm. there's branches hanging out there, and you're trying to keep over. The branches are buried off the lorry, and the wheels of the trailer are getting close to the edge of the road. And You know, there's, there's a lot to take, uh, take in. Yeah, you don't want to, Trailers weren't as sweet as probably for the wood. Well, yeah, there were long trailers, yeah, yeah, but they weren't too bad. You know, let's think the worst in the air. They were, he used to order them with kind of short enough wheelbase for the wood as well, so they weren't too bad even though they were 45s. And how aren't you putting the bars on? Yeah, she had to put the bars. But sure, you're young then, you don't even think about that stuff, do you? I was looking at G in the cab thinking about it. <laughs> 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 They're looking at the four bastards. <laughs> After was, drawing steel and then coming back for the... Yeah, we were drawing steel and sure, sometimes we'd be drawing fertilizer, sometimes we'd be drawing timber as well, you know. So you... That feels like an age ago now. And I remember uh, Raul had come into the woods saying, I was there, where's James? He's gone to Australia. Yeah. How'd that happen? Never out. Got sick of um, it. I want so more money. I was around. Not having it. Yeah, so I was 22, I think, when I went to Australia. And. Why'd you go? The boys were going when I was maybe around 19 or 20. I said to your father, I'm going to Australia. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're, not going. you're too young. Like, you know, you can't, you, you know, you're not screwed on enough. You're like, you know, I think he just didn't want me to go in case I didn't come home, you know. Hmm. And then. Um, he was probably enjoying having you there as well. Yeah, sure. It was great. Like, the two of us together, you know. And um, he says to me at one stage, uh, I said, we may buy a Richard here for loading these flats. Like, this has gone, you know, double hand and timber. It was just hardship. I said. He said, I'm not signing on the line for any more. <laughs> any more. He said, you want a Richard go buy it yourself. Yeah. And I was thinking about that then for the whole day. And I said to myself, um, I'm not going to get finance out here now. 
I'm going to Australia, <laughs> you know. Yeah. How I'm going to be tied down at 20. Mm. And as you know yourself, if you get into finance at that age, you're in it. But you're never That's getting it. over it. Like. Yeah. So I, I, I came home the night and I said to him, um, I know you don't want me to go, but I said, um, I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then he talked about it for a couple of days and then he said, right. yeah, yeah, you, you know, do go. You know, so I tipped off then, myself and um, one of my best friends at the time, Rager's there. Um, sure. Evan was on about Rager's as well, he wasn't was, he? yeah. Asher, <laughs> Asher Shores, we're all the one click, yeah. like, you know. So we tipped off anyway and we had good friends over there. You knew what you were going to do over there, you? Sure, I thought I was going over to make a fortune block in, like, you know. thought I was going over to clean up. Everyone's making $3,000, $4,000. So I got off the plane, I'd say I went drinking for about four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe three weeks. And I was thinking like, Jesus, my bank account is going down and down and it's not coming in. You know, and all the That's boys... That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. All the boys were working for kind of um, Australian... Com- i say they were Irish companies, but they were, it was in Australia, you know. So I said, fuck, I'd like to do something different. I'd like to do like, you know, work with the Aussies, see what they're like. I knew I wasn't going to be there for that long, a year or two. You know, I was I had in the back of my head that I'd like to get home and continue on and what was going on, like, you know. So um, I went off, one of the boys, so, so I couldn't get work for us. I was ringing to get these truck driving jobs. They wouldn't even adhere me. Couldn't, under, couldn't understand me, number one, I'd say. <laughs> so, really? Sure, my tick. Irish accent like it's trying hard to understand at the best time sometimes you know? I don't think you're that bad yeah it's not like you're a Kerry man sorry to all the Kerry man <laughs> but, uh, West Cork people but so uh, I wanted the boys then Colander he uh, got me a job uh, Brick Lane with the crowd he was with and um, sure must have you, you go to Australia you think you're going to the sun it must have rained for the first <laughs> two it? weeks I went Brick Lane and sure, we, rain. I was only in the door so like obviously you weren't going to get paid so I think I worked like four days or six days in two or three weeks, something like that. It was not in any way, like, you know, for the money I was up to being spending. <laughs> wasn't wasn't <laughs> topping it up. Enjoying myself, like, you know, it was getting very, very thin. So I said to myself, I need to get a job now that's... Pain well. That that's all weather, like, you know, that you can keep moving. Because the Aussies were saying it could rain for a month, like, at that time of the year, on and off, like. So um, I kept ringing these lads anyway. Just one day I got into bed, I said, does someone take me on? You know, if I could keep ringing. So I just rang, rang, rang. <clears throat> Eventually rang this lad and he said, come out to the yard and um, you can go with the foreman. You can go this on, is the lor- on the lorry. Like. Oh, on the lorry, yeah. So it's truck and dog. So it's kind of like a rigid in front and a dolly trailer and a tipper on the back. There's two tippers on it, like, you know. Normal lorry? Or like one of those gearboxes? A normal rigid. Yeah, like a rigid truck. A double drive, a with a tipper on it. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a dolly, a drawbar trailer, like. Yeah. And uh, a tipper on the back as well. They call it the truck and the dog, because it's a dolly, so the trailer follows the truck, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, dolly. Yeah, but like, how long was the dolly trailer? I don't know what length it was, but it used to carry about, um, just a whole lot was 48 ton gross, and yeah, I can't remember what way it used to be split up now. Maybe it was a... Was it a short rigid? Short rigid. And then a long trailer. A longish enough, a dolly trailer. Yeah. A single axe on the front, double on the back. Fine, you, you go on it, you'd be surprised where you go at now. I, I, I was amazed. You could drive up by a footpath and you'd barely go into the two lanes of traffic and you could just, just hang a left. And were back. they tidy the back? With the wheels right to the back. But they were, they were very manoeuvrable. So we used to do a lot of city work, you know. But um, at the start, I was in the passenger seat for probably about a week. And uh, I tried to get into 
try to tip it in the tip and couldn't get the, I couldn't get it like is there Jesus this is fucking you know so your man just your man was a bit impatient for me he he threw me straight back into the passenger seat anyway and that's where I sat for another couple of days I still wasn't getting paid like there was still no money coming in mm. so um, one of the lads was working for a man fucked up there one day I think he drove on and the brake pipe fell off and he dragged the brakes he dragged the tyres the tyres I think he dragged it for 50 or 60 kilometres oh yeah, that'd do it <laughs> he flattened the eight tyres in the back of the trailer so even though they didn't think I was out the drive, I was probably still better than what, <laughs> <laughs> what was in the lorry anyway. Yeah. So um, that was grand. My first job was to go to the tyre place and get um, eight tyres put in the back of the trailer. So I was out to be in the other truck that morning with the foreman. So I knew where they were loading that day. So um, I said, what's the point of ringing your man now? Asking him, can I go, Just in, go. in and get a load like? You know, so I'll just go in and get a load <laughs> and see what happens. So the, the foreman meets me flying in the road anyway. He says, Irish, where are you? Just call me Irish. Didn't bother calling me James or anything else. Call me Irish. Irish, where are you going to? On the, on the CB, like it was big over there. So I said, I'm going to get loaded. And um, he said, I won't be in the tip when you get back to, 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 to like the tip you. I said, sure, I'll wait for you to come back, you know. So I got in and got loaded and I got out to the tip. It was a handy tip now, in fairness. And um, I said, whatever happens here now, I said, try to get the load off, but don't break it. Yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't break it. Like, they're not expecting you to be able to tip anyway, so just get the load off. So it's easy to tip the trailer. You just reverse back and you tip the trailer straight up. Goes up. Then you have to put the trailer off to oh, the side. Oh, you have to put it off to the side. You, off to the side. Put, put it in the same place? Um, or, or th- You can put it right or left, or you can p- p- bring it right back up to the cab beside yourself. You put so you back the dolly, dolly under itself? under itself and the trailer comes so far back around if you got out of the cab you nearly reached the back of the trailer if you wanted to, if you're good at it so is the dolly underslung as well the, the dolly is underslung and the trailer is running parallel with the body of the truck yeah yeah so um, I took my time anyway and eventually after about five or six minutes I got a tip anyway and that was it a way a way and a half then. and what was the gearboxes like on them are they a crash so, gearboxes so that one I was looking up she was an oh. automatic Okay. She was not mad, but the foreigner, or not the foreigner, the um, the foreman said to me, he said, by God, I she said, for an auto boy, you can get that job to move. <laughs> <laughs> because we were kind of, I weren't getting paid with low, we were getting paid with the hour, but if you, if you had a good week, like after a while, you managed to give you an extra little bit, like at the end, like, you know. So I used to be giving to it every day. Because you're sitting in traffic for hours on end, hours on end in Sydney. Was well, it in the middle of the city that you wore all the time? Most of the jobs were on were demolition jobs. So over there, if you knock a building, they usually like pile drive down into the ground, maybe 30 foot, 40 foot into the ground, and they make an underground car park before the start. Australians are mad into pile driving. Well, sure, you're in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Sydney, like, so the you know, ground is, is scarce. So they make the most of it. Like, so that was what we used to do. I, was, I actually liked it. But then I must have stayed there for about. Were you living in Sydney? Living in Sydney. With readers. Uh, friends of mine talked me in. I, there wasn't actually a room in the house for me when I got there, but then I think someone left and by chance I actually got a room, like, you know, and it was actually a real nice house. It was a good break to get because accommodation is a big problem over there. Like, it's it's expensive, like, especially when you're trying to get up on your feet. So the boys that talked me in, fair play to them, like, you know. But, um, stayed Shout there. out to the boys. Yeah, sure. I was a cool house. How did you get to work? Did there was you buy a car. I bought a car. Bought a car, bought a Ford Falcon. What the fuck is that? It's like a Ford Scorpio. Ford Scorpio? Yeah. 
It's like a Ford Scorpio for all the world. How much was it? It was $850. Was it pile of shy? It was. It actually looked like a rent car. But um, if you put on the air conditioning and revved it up at the same time with the traffic lights, it just got out. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you drive that for? <laughs> oh, look at it. No way. No, that's not it. No, Ford, Ford Falcon. I was going to be very impressed though, so I wasn't, no. if you hadn't been driving around that job. No, it's not that, no. But, um, yeah, so it wasn't a great joke, but if you learned how to nurse it, she'd go, like, you know, just don't accelerate too hard. I don't know what was wrong with it. I tried to get it sorted out a couple of times and it ended up worse. So, I so were you starting to really like it out there and like the life or did you like yeah, the lifestyle so we're knocking around Sydney we're having the crack like the boys are there all my friends still are doing there. as much drinking like we had a pool at the house like barbecue at the back like I think there was one there that was 30 people or 25 people in Thomastown just in the bar at the barbecue like you know but there was the whole town was going over there at that stage were you making money I was making I was making reasonable money but by god I was <laughs> I was spending it like But it's so hard when people say Like what is making money Over there Like are you making money But your lifestyle is too expensive To justify it It was costing me About 900 euros Or that's her She was silver and all If you're watching on YouTube It's a real home and away car But it was a couple years older Than that one now (laughs) 2,499 That one's spotless Yeah Definitely older than that Jesus did you have that the whole length of time you were out there? Yes, yeah, so then, um, like I said, we're in Sydney for about five, six months and me set my records then said, like, we have enough of this. Not, you know, we're, we're having the crack, but we want to go somewhere else. So I had a sister in Adelaide. My sister was out there? And so did he. How long was she out there? She's still out there. She was actually only home there. Two sisters only home there lately. Uh, only there like a week ago and they're gone back there. But um, at so the full time out there? Mm, at the time, she was out there just guessing three or four years, you know, and they were living in Adelaide. So we we said, fuck it, we'll, we, we'll drive to Adelaide. We have two cars, like we might as well drive to Adelaide. Mm. So we set off one morning about, I think about half two or three o'clock, we got up. Did you leave your job? Oh, yeah. Left you, so job. you said, man, I'm quitting and going somewhere else. Like your man was a great job. The foreman was sound, but... The boss wasn't great. He wasn't great. Prick. Yeah, like, he could try and cut your wages there and just not pay and give you half and just messing, like, you what know. Was, what was his name? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so anyway, we headed off. And I was after leaving the car into um, a garage just around the corner and asked them to sort out this floor. And, like, we're going driving. I, I just, off the top of my head, I think it's about 13 or 1,400 kilometres, right? I wanted the car, right? Gave it to your man. Your man took off the exhaust off the car. He thought the catalytic converter was blocked. Mm-hmm. And we were heading down this road, like, we're going to Sydney, maybe <laughs> three hours, right? And I could hear, do you know when you're into machinery, you know when something is going wrong. Yeah. Even though, and then you're saying to yourself, it's not going wrong. If you I'm keep imagining thinking, it. If you t- keep thinking it's going wrong, it's going to go wrong. Mm. So I could feel the flicking, my legs getting like a bit numb and the rattling was getting louder. And I knew well it was loose at the catalytic converter underneath the car. He managed to obviously thought the cat was blocked. Well, I don't know. We're, we're getting near Wagga Wagga. Is that a real place? That's a real place, yeah. Sounds or, racist. Or Wagga Wagga. Or Wagga Wagga, whichever yeah. you want to pronounce it. And uh, the exhaust hit the ground. Probably about, seven, about 
about 100 kilometers an hour because we weren't speeding over there because there's speed vans everywhere and speed vans. Yeah. cops um, with this radar stuff yeah. checking speed. So we were just tipping on and uh, yoke hit the ground. Oh, gee, it was a disaster. But we we limped her into town and uh, exhaust dragging the ground. Exhaust dragging the ground. <laughs> I think I got tied up a small bit with a bit of wire I took off the ditch. I got tied up a small bit and we got to town and we went to a lad and he said to me, yeah, he'll fix it. And Jesse, we weren't even downtown, got breakfast, came back and the car was outside the door, fixed, ready to rock. But we're after wait, we're after losing hours now at this stage. It's probably... And we're on a time constraint. <sighs> so we didn't have to get there in the one day. I, um, a Rager's girlfriend was doing it with time as well. I, I, I think they kind of wanted to stop, maybe do a day overnight. I'm not sure, but I had it in my head, let's punch it out in the one day. Mm. Just to get there and say you done it, and, you know. So we headed on again anyway. And um, just it was, it was the, it was the experience now, it was the experience now because like you know as you know you was it across the desert? There wasn't much there now. You come into towns, petrol station there. Small. Yeah, nice. a petrol station there. The small. There were some towns there that, that like would have a long street, and I'm like, then there were some towns just the, there was no towns, just a shop. But when you're going on a long journey like that, like how many hours? <clears throat> Should we left us? We left at three o'clock. Say I think we're going around ten o'clock that night. Right, so are you on big, like in the film, big, straight long, roads. dead straight roads, and like when kangaroos you, everywhere. And like when you look out, so that was in New South Wales and um, South Australia. So when, you, so when you look out to pass out the truck, you can see the road sweltering in front of you. So you can't actually, if there was a silver car coming or a bike, you mightn't actually see it, like, you know. But um, all the trucks we passed out, they passed us back. <laughs> when we pull into the shop, we pull to get a break or put in for a piece or whatever. they wouldn't stop. Because they wouldn't stop. They were just keeping around, like, yeah. Fuck. Mm. So I got to, got to, got to Adelaide then and one of my friends got me a job. I work for a company. I was, uh, I was doing steel fixing down Tasmania. That's what I've done that then for about, I've done that then for about, that was the experience now, being down Tasmania. Put down, uh, What's the difference in Tasmania and the other? Well, Tasmania is actually a lot like Ireland. It's very green. Like Australia's not that green, obviously. So. Any devils? I didn't see any of them. So that's a lot of shy. <laughs> uh, they seem to talk about a lot down there, but I think it is a lot of shite. <laughs> so how long were you there? I was in Tasmania for, I don't know, another five, six months. Five months and you didn't six, see a devil. Six months. It's a lot of shy. I was doing a job down there. We're putting in uh, foundations for a transmission line for a wind farm. And um, down there working away, everything was going great. Um... You know, I was I was doing eleven days on. You never seen him? <laughs> never seen him, no. Doesn't look a bit like Taz. I seen a few snakes out. Well, I seen one I seen one snake one day that frightened the life of me. How big was he? I walked over just off the edge of the city. Like we were building now we were building in the middle of like uh the the forest, like real dry ground every time you walk and it crunches underneath you like. And I just walked over just away from the base just for a piece. And just put my foot down on a bit of shrub like and I just seen this little thing just scamper off like. I checked like, myself. I no, but it was only like that long. I walked over. I walked over back to the boys and said, "I just seen a snake." I was delighted with myself. And the boys said, well, "Jesus, like what kind of snake was it?" The Aussies like small little lad. Sure, he's a grand. I said, "He's grand lad." You know? And they said, "Lad, what do you mean, grand lad?" Sure, so if I get picture, I'll get the jab, and I'll be grand. Let you get the jab. You, you get bit, you're dying. <laughs> do you realise how far you are away from everything down here? Like, I said, sure, do you not have, no. You, you, like, a uh, one hour. And then like, well, you, what happens then? You start going brain dead. Uh, and the small snakes, well, don't, 
aren't able to control their venom, so they just pump it in. So, so how many people get bit? I don't know, but I didn't get bit anyway. <laughs> so do you wear, like, do they tell you to wear... Yeah, we had to wear long pants, just long pants and boots and, and long sleeves. But sure, I'd say... Yeah, well, after all, I heard that, I, I actually had a, a whole new take on the, on the whole snake in the thing. I, was I really wouldn't sure. like that. Spiders? I never minded the spiders. One of the boys there was afraid of his life from down there, Ari, but I, I never really minded them. Check your shoes in the morning? No, I didn't because we were staying in the B&B. It wasn't too bad. Is that where you stayed when you were there in B&Bs? Yeah, we stayed in uh, at the back of a at the back of a pub. The pub fed us. It was a great job because you weren't spending so much money. Spending not I work eleven days on, three days off. They fly you back every second weekend. You go back and have a blow in Adelaide, and then you go back. Get what? You have a blowout. <laughs> Jesus! I was there thinking that was the best job in the world. Fly you off every eleven days. The seven you blow jobs. <laughs> the estimated incident of snake bites annually in Australia is between three and eighteen per hundred thousand. That's it, not that bad. Not that bad, no. no and how many people die? Uh, Come back to me on that. Um, and so, how long did you stay at that? So I was at that for about. About five or six months. I would, jo- a job was going well now. It was. Didn't have to buy a car or anything, so it was... Well, I still had the car outside mm. the house in Adelaide, but I didn't have to drive it for all, like. And um job was going well. I was making good money. I was starting to really, really save money. And was, was um, sorry, women. <laughs> sorry? Was there many women out there, like? There was many women out there. There was not in Tasmania, though. There wasn't much, like... The only women you'd see is you go to supermarket. <laughs> really? <laughs> you go to supermarket or... There weren't any no women, women are Tasmanian time. devils. Like, like the site we were on was like 70, I think 70 kilometers long or something like that. And it was out in the middle of nowhere, like, you know. How many but people died? 81,400, or sorry, um, yeah, 81, around 81,410 to 137,880 people die each year because of snake bites. <laughs> Fuck me And well, around three times as many amputations And other permanent disabilities Caused by snake bites annually mm. It wasn't me anyway so Thank God <laughs> Fucking hell Yeah so I was working way down there That was going well And um, Yeah like the, the lads I was working with Kind of had a bit of respect for me Like the bosses did And it was, it was grand Just then um, My father was sick at home at the time I knew he was sick, but I didn't really know he was sick, sick. He, oh, I was talking to him on the phone. He was talking to me nearly, when I was driving the truck in Sydney, he knew I used to get into the car quarter past five, half five. It was like an alarm clock. Mm. 5.35, phone ring. For chat. For chat. It might be only 15 minutes. Yeah. But I'd check in, see what's going on. Whatever time it was in Ireland at the time, I don't know. And um, i check in for the chat. And then I was in Tasmania, and I was on a, was like, I don't know what, a network I was, but it didn't work. Tasmania, well, unless you were back at the, unless you were back at the pub. Mm. So I was in radio silence all day long down on site, like, you know, until I got me um, a Telstra SIM card or whatever, you know. But, um, yeah, so that was it. I came back to Adelaide, just, just flew home one night, on Friday night, as usual, had a few uh, drinks on the way home and just chilling out, come back into house. And I knew, like I said, I knew he was sick. I didn't know what was going on. Well, I knew he had cancer, but I just thought it was cancer and he was just going to get treatment and uh, everything was going to be grand. Were they not telling you how bad it was or was it just didn't <clears throat> know or what was it? I don't know. Like, 
I think um, I knew a certain amount myself at the end. I started kind of thinking like, this is not as, he's not ringing as often as he used to be ringing and something going on here, like, you know. And um, I had a, Joe, when you have a really bad feeling in your gut, you don't know what it is. Mm. I just had that feeling in my gut on, on one of the stints I was down in Tasmania. I just had this really bad feeling. So I was just like worried all the time, you know, for this 11 day stint. And I got back into Adelaide that night and uh, the Friday afternoon or whatever, Friday evening, I walked in the door and I can't remember, I think my sister rang me and said to my father I was getting the blood transfusion or something along the lines of that. And he said, if his blood clots overnight, he could die. So that was like a shovel into the face. Then that that was like, Jesus, you know. Mm. Um, so her sister came home and worked in an hour later and I told her and so we just went to book flights. That was, that was Friday night, so um, we booked flights then. So we had to wait, obviously, till the Saturday night to fly out. Mm. Fly out, so we went up in the air. We went up in the air on Friday night at 10 o'clock, whatever. So we were out with radio, like out of coverage between Dubai and out the whole We were out of coverage for maybe 23, 24 hours. You just dropped everything and left? Just just walked away. Uh, my, my sister Laura's um, the husband now was in the house, so he just, uh, he stayed there. And um, yeah, we just walked. I just was sure all I had was the car, and it didn't really matter all that to me. So I just walked up in the air. We didn't know if he was still alive when we touched, touched down. Um, got down, I got back to Thomastown. Father was down in the hospital. I just got into the car, the van I had at the time, and drove straight to Walford. Walked straight in the door, and here he was in the bed. And uh, like he seemingly hadn't got up that much in the last. Couple, the few days before that had Did he look different? Oh, that he was shook. And he didn't uh, he didn't get up that much. I think the nurse were helping him. And when I walked in the door, he actually just sprung up. Like, not sprung, because he wasn't able to do that, but, but his chest yeah. sprung off the bed, like, you know. And he just said, uh, Junior, uh, get me out here. You know, take, uh, bring me home. Take you know? home. I met the doctor then. The doctor didn't say, things not good. and About making him comfortable, all this stuff. I didn't... No, like this was what was in front of us at all. Yeah, you know. So this was, all this was the first time you were hearing the real situation that you were in. Yeah, it, it kind of was a bit. Kind of was a bit. Um, were you I, raging? They didn't tell you. I didn't. Well, they did tell me. Like I knew what was going on all the time, and I knew like he was getting treatment, and I, I knew everything. But I don't know. Was I just so young and it's not, not twenty-two or yeah, twenty-two years old, and you're over in Australia. I thought I was coming home to see him at Christmas and I was going back again. Mm. I thought everything was coming. See, I was coming home at Christmas anyway, so I wasn't that panicked like. Yeah. But um, should I was itch or brought him home, got about a week with him, um, six, seven days maybe, that he was able to talk back to us. And then the other week then was like, like the home care team were in mm. and it was downhill. And I think like it was only like two weeks from the time I touched down, you know. That was that was surreal. That was surreal. I was twenty two years old. Did you feel very like um, because you were the only son, very on your own in in that situation? Like I that? did feel I I didn't really ever feel like I was the only son, though. You know, I didn't really ever feel like I was the only child or anything like that because the, the girls were there, like you know. Um, but I just I I didn't know what to feel. I couldn't believe what was happening. To tell you the truth, I couldn't believe what was happening because he was after being out in Australia with us. Like that was December. Well, I came home at the end of November. He had to be out in Australia with us in April. 
and he was staying in our house in Sydney and um, he was complaining about pain in his back and there was there was like 13 people living in the house and he used to be talking to the girls in the house saying, Jesus Junior's mattress is too soft, I have a pain in my back. Yeah. And um, sure it wasn't that, it was actually, cancer just took so long to get diagnosed, you know, but I don't know if I would have got diagnosed, it was, it was an aggressive type anyway, so, mm. you know. So that was that then, like funerals and everything and I spoke at the church and oh, I was... It was just a, it was just this was just a spin. How did you how did you get the job of doing that? I think I looked for it, to be honest, or someone asked me, was I going to? And I just said I was. You know, I just said I was. Um Are you delighted you done it now? I did and I I I done a good job. There's no point saying I did. Like hmm. I did and I didn't know what I was gonna say and then I just wrote it out. I'd be I'd be very bad at that stuff anyway, but I wrote it out. And I actually came across fairly well. Like I told him, you know, it's the story of his life and everything. He started with nothing and he ended up with what he ended up with, like, you know. Um, it was tough. It feels like a long time ago now. It feels like a long time ago. But for for you, did they not feel, was there not an added pressure? Did you not feel it then? Like he had lorries, he had a business. Did it mean, were you there thinking, is this my job now or what do I do now? Or did your mother say anything to you, like, what, what happens now? Or Well, when I was, like when you met my father and you said to him, where is the young lad? You said he's, he's gone to Australia. Mm. That conversation probably went on for a little while, like between the two of ye, you know. Mm. And he was saying like, you know, I hope he comes back or just that. As soon as he came out to himself for a holiday, he wanted to come out there. <laughs> he wanted, he yeah. wanted to park the lorries and go himself because mm. it was just, the life was easier. He'd Experience. Had, yeah. So... Um, yeah, there was there was mixed signals. I kind of knew in the back of my head I was taking it on. Even there and then? I did. I think I did. I don't think I, I admitted it to myself or even thought about it. But I just think, I didn't think for a second that I wasn't taking it on, if you know what I mean. I just had going back to Australia put out of my head. That was just gone out of my head. I think I was just trying to do the best for what he had worked so hard for his whole life. Like, I was only having the crack in Australia anyway, so, mm. like, it was never going to be forever. I am a home bird. I like going down the town, you know, locally. And so I just but said... When, um, when 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 you lost your father, does the the child disappears very quick and the young lad, when you have to take on the responsibilities then, you're the um, man of the house, kind of. Yeah, it's strange, like, when you're 22 years old. Like, when you're 22 years old, you don't know what you're feeling, really, like, mm. don't, you know... You could be angry one second, you could be mad another second, you could be mad into it the next second, you know. I didn't, I can't remember what it was like. I thought at the time that I was in control, but looking back now, definitely not, like, you know, like, I, I, I started working her, I probably took on the business. Can you remember the, what your first thing you done? Like, you're, you're there, and... That, so just to settle on the funeral and stuff and you're there, right, yes. I may go drive something or I may figure yeah, out what's so happening here. so my father had um, two drivers at the time. Uh, he had three trucks, two drivers at the time. There could be another truck parked up in the air, I'm not sure. And um, I remember uh, one of my drivers, he's still with me now, and um, he looked at me in the shed one day and he said, like, maybe, I can't remember, was it a, a week or a month after the funeral? I can't, time just passed so quickly it, I don't know, was it like, the funeral was December, I don't know, was this January, maybe, right? Mm. And he said to me, are you going to take it on or are you going to go back? Everyone was kind of wondering. asking this question. All my neighbours were wondering, not in a bad way, just like curious, like what's going to happen next? Like, And I just said, no, I'm, 
I'm pushing ahead. I'm pushing ahead. And sure, I had, like I had no brother, but I had a cousin that lived down the lane from me and he was always up in a horse when he was up. And it was the two of us there. Two of us said, he was going to get the license. Two of us said, we'll push, we'll push on, like, you know, we'll mm. push on. And, and we did. We Were you nervous? What? Were you shouting at doing it? Before I went to Australia, I, my father used to let me um, organise some of the loads sometimes. We used to draw fertiliser. I think he just let me do this just to see was I able to, now it was very simple what I was doing anyway, but I think he used to give me the ropes a bit, you know, so. Let you know who the contacts are, who you're Yeah, well, I was just talking to him anyway and I used to, I was very interested at the time even though I was doing it because I knew I wasn't going to go back to Lockman. Anyway, so I knew I had to make a career at something for myself. And I said, sure, I'm able to do this. I'm not too bad at it, so I might as well do it, like, you know. But um, I think at the time, I wasn't nervous because I was so determined. The determination was unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, sure, I worked away for a while, and um, things were tough. Diesel was very expensive back then. Was that was the, That was when the diesel that was, was, was mental. Like, if you turned over 800 tours in the day, or 700 euros, there was at least 50% of a gallon of diesel, if not more. And you had more expensive rigs, you had cranes and... We had only one crane that time, I think. One crane that time, yeah. And I was a flat runner with me. And my cousin was driving the flat runner with me. And, um, yeah, things were starting to pick up. Um, and not, like, a business-wise, but, like, we were starting to get into a bit of a rhythm, like, Starting to get into a bit of rhythm. You were starting to push more towards the forestry end of it? I was. Uh, I had two lorries of timber and then Dan, he was delivering steel. And um, um, and then like, So we were delivering, um, yeah, yeah, Dan was delivering the steel. Mm. We said Paul were going around the, with the, the, the flat trailer and the crane trailer. And we start, we really started to get going at it. Like we were working hard up and down the road every day. And then like, um, I, I stayed at home on Monday and we went to a steam rally there on a Sunday. For, for, for the whole weekend, we found a steam engine. So we went to the steam rally at the weekend and there was something wrong with Paul's truck. So I stayed at home on the Tuesday that I called the truck after the, or, or to fix the truck. <coughs> I pulled off my truck and um, there was uh, there was an accident that day with, uh, with the crane and, and he wasn't and he got killed and um, that was like um, that was that was serious like that was like the worst yeah that was like uh, let's give up everything like that was a shock to the whole industry that there was, must have been uh, some it was it, it was and I was only what, was I 23 six <clears throat> months after my father mm. um, I was yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I, there was no words that time. You know, there was no words. And um, I was very close to just just stopping. I, I don't think I worked that time for maybe three months. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's, it's all a blur. You don't want to go back at it even. I, was, think, I think I just stayed at home. And if you ask me how long I stayed at home for, I'd say a week. But I know well that it was a long time. You know, it was a long time. I, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to look or what to do or where to go or, yeah. What did you do? 
I think a couple of months passed and um, you didn't blame yourself for it did you? No I, did, I didn't blame myself but uh, yet like you're all the time thinking about everything thinking about everything what if this what if that like and then you're thinking about there's everyone else you're thinking about everything like there's so much stuff running through your brain and you're young and you're young and you're angry then you're angry then you're getting dealt like your 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 father and then and now this and then like when you're the boss you can't help but feel somewhere responsible for what's after happening it's after happening on your watch like mm. you know so um I didn't know what to do back then uh, and it was an old crane at the time and I think I said to myself one day if I'm going to go back at I'm going to buy a brand new crane and that's what I done I went up and I ordered a, the sales met, a rep met me around October I think I didn't even know what a palpable crane was at the time <laughs> and Epstein because we were only going around with an old crane and I just um, I just ordered one of them and that's where I started off and the crane came a couple of weeks later or maybe a month later I'm not sure did did you find the and hardest back, thing to go I, back at? I went back to work. I'm back to work and like, you know when you drive into a place, everyone's looking at you. Everyone's looking at you, there he is there now and they don't know where to talk to you or yeah. not to talk to you. And some people talk to you and some people talk to you to make yourself feel better, I felt at the time because I was so angry at the whole world, you know. And um, I used to like it, you know, um, people bring it up or whatever. But um went back to work then and Jesus, uh, like, you were so angry. So you used to be going out the weekend, you'd be drinking. Pissed off. You'd be getting triggered. You'd be, you'd be getting drunk, and there'd be people down the town saying, like, someone could say one bad thing to you, and you could just eat their, eat their head off, like, you know. You could bite their head off, like. And, I, and that went on for a couple of years. Did you ever go to see anyone or talk no, to anyone? That wasn't no. sexy back then, wasn't that? I, I thought about and thought about and by the time I actually said I was going to go, I felt like I was a little better then, and then I was afraid what it would do to me. So, didn't want to bring it back. You thought you didn't want to bring it all back I didn't up. Want to bring it all back up again. Didn't want to bring it all back up again. And um, there was the day go by that don't think about it. Like you know, not one day. You know, um, he's like you know, it's probably like a brother. I didn't have a brother, so that was that was the nearest thing. Yeah, that was your brother. You're a really like you know. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I just kicked back into the work and said, if you're going to have to buy a new crane here now, you're going to have to pay for it. So you missed that working hard again. Got back into it anyway. I think I, think I was only back working, I'd say, two, three weeks. I remember being up in Sligo one day and I was loading timber. And uh, I, I still had an old trailer at the time. And I reached across for a grab of timber and the pin on the trailer pulled down to the rubber plate. Fuck off. Yeah, and I was standing above, I was sitting above the crane and it was on a hill and it was, a, it was an English truck, so they don't, an English guy, so they don't break the trailer with the handbrake. You have to manually pull it. Mm. So I used to never do that. So I was above the crane and I heard a click, click, click. And I was there, there's no noise of the crane on there because the crane is brand new. So mm. I looked down at the Susie's, the, the, the airlines going from the truck to the cab and they were getting longer. Oh, fucking hell. And I said, I just said to myself, um, here we go now. Here we go now, like, um, I don't know what came into my head. I just thought of my cousin, obviously, and I just said, I just, I just ran and jumped off the, I ran and jumped off the crane. That's a high jump. So you know yourself the height of a pal yeah. crane, like, it's a long way to the ground. And I landed about four foot underneath the ground where the timber was stacked. Jesus. And um, 
I jumped down and I don't know what way I jumped, but whatever way I jumped, as soon as my feet touched down, I kind of rolled over onto my back. So I didn't try and stand up like, you know, <clears throat> just by pure chance I didn't break anything. And then I got off at fright then, I got the trailer fixed. Sure, then I was nearly going to give up then again, <laughs> you know. It sort of brought everything back again. Brought everything it? back. Everything back, I was only back to, re- back, back to work two or three weeks. Were you, were you the type lad, were you keeping everything to yourself? Were you telling your friends how you were feeling or um, your family or yeah, your mum or sister? My best friend, um, we used to be talking about it to each other. So I think that's the way the two of us dealt with it. Like, you know, we talk about it to each other all the time, but not to many others. Not to many others, no. That's difficult when you're also trying to run a business and pay your taxes and pay your VAT and keep diesel and work. And yeah, my mother was doing the books and sure, everyone should be asking her, how are things going? You know, and don't tell me if it's bad. Sure, I, you'd want to know if it's bad, and then it'd be in your head, you know. But um, no one. I bought the new crane, and then after that, then I said to myself, "You may buy a new trailer." And I went off and ordered a new trailer, and sure, I I never looked back after that. I said to myself, every every month the payment was going out for the trailer and the crane. I said, used to ring Carmel, uh, my mother, and say, "Um, we lost the bank like this week, you know, after the payment going out." And, mm. Six months, eight months, ten, you know, a year went by. And like, we literally didn't even know we were paying for it because there was no repair. And no repair, no breakdown. There was no repair. No. I was up and down the road, you know, and money was starting to road, starting to come in like. But you were working like a bastard. <laughs> I was working hard, I suppose. I used to get up very early, so I used to make the day easy enough on myself. I love the way Timberman think. <laughs> Work all night. Sure, and no they one, think they're getting a half done, but they're really working two days in one. Yeah. I used to get up around four o'clock, maybe quarter four, that time, four o'clock. Anytime between half three and half four, I used to kick off. But you, you definitely, you definitely drove on the business. You lived it. Like see, for, see, that time it was only um, uh, me and that. He, uh, he was delivered steel first that time. And, um, I was drawing timber then on my own. It was just me. And I'd done that for a good while. Was um, I your favourite person to draw timber off? Tell the truth. Sure. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were, but sure, I wouldn't have to drive the grain at the time. So, so anyone that was able to stack well, you'd, uh, you'd remember them like. But sure, I used to see you nearly every day at the time. Every day, yeah. Every day. You were over there around New Inn or that. Yeah. And, and I was into you nearly every day. Yeah. Connell and Capitagal. Capitagal. Yeah. And you loved little Scania at that time. You were yes. after getting that Scania. That was a lovely little lorry. It was a little white l- uh, a lorry and I think it was crashed before I got it. I bought off um, a Scania garage and I think it was crashed before I got it. So it was painted and then I painted the bottom to match the trailer and the whole thing, unless you looked at the plate, you could say it was a brand new lorry. You had it mint? It was mint. It was mint and the trailer was mint. And mm. The trailer was new, sir. There wasn't that much stuff like that on the road that time. And uh, no, it used to stand out. Did you start to, when did you start going, I, I see a light at the end of the tunnel now, I'm, I'm starting to... I, I honestly think, or. I honestly think it was about four years later, before I, three or four years before I stopped being angry. Uh, like I said, I was um, getting, you know, I obviously we still go all go out and get drunk, but yeah. that time I was doing it angry, like, you know, and... Got around with Kenny one night, and you know, um, I, I had a massive black eye there. <laughs> I want Christmas, I got a kick in the eye, nearly lost the eye. Well, lucky like that, he just caught me on the bone. And after that, 
I said to myself, um, one of my father's friends actually tackled me in the pub one day and said to me, um, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you need to cop on. You know, and I did. It was like a switch. I went home that night, walked home to the pub, and it was like a switch. Monday morning, I said to myself, I need to straighten myself out. And I did. I started actually working on the business then. I said to myself, I might start, you know, yeah. I started looking into getting another truck maybe. can't even remember which truck I got. But, um, yeah, I just, I put another truck of timber, I think, that time. You got the silver truck after that, didn't you? No, I got the DAF, I think. Bought a 08 DAF off a friend of mine. And I put um, a young lad driving it there. I don't want to say much myself. Yeah, I don't hear him. And then two trucks and then what did I do then? Um, Are you some gear now? I do. I had two trucks for a good while and I just can't remember where I got, where I got the third timber lorry. So for anyone out there, the name of the lorry, <coughs> you'd probably see him on the road if you're in Ireland, you won't see him anywhere else, hmm. is Norvell. A Norvell Transport. Yeah. Norvell Transport. That's your Townsend? Um that name that came out of? No, Norvale. So my father uh, was looking for a name for the company. And so we lived beside the River Nor. And uh, he came up with this, a Norvale. And as soon as he heard it, it was just that was it. a click. And uh, he named it that. Uh, I don't know what year it was. And then sure, I, I obviously took on that then when uh, when he passed. like, And then I went from, you know, like I said, I went from the two trucks, the two timber trucks. I still had a truck of steel. Then I went to three trucks and... Then I was spending an awful lot of money on repair and um, I bought um, I bought my first new truck in 2016. I bought it in 15, obviously, came in 16. And I was afraid of my life. Really? <laughs> it was something like 120,000. And uh, at the time it was foreign money. Yeah. At the time it was foreign money. like. And uh, truck came, same thing. And uh, six months went by, I didn't even realize I was paying for the truck. No breakdowns, no, <laughs> no breakdowns. This is great. <laughs> this is great. And then I was still driving, there was two, uh, two old trucks. And the penny didn't drop at me for a long time after that. I stayed in the old trucks until about the end of 2019. I bought another truck for the boys in 19, and um, so the 16 and 19 at that stage. And then I bought it off, and I splashed out, and I bought. Um, a new uh, 650 Scania for myself. You did splash out. I did splash out. That's and, a fucking gorgeous shot. And there was sleepless nights now when I had it ordered. When I had it ordered, there was sleepless nights thinking... When you were ticking all the boxes now. <laughs> and there are some boxes when you go down to buy a Scania. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of boxes. There are some boxes. Like people just think like stuff just comes. If you order a Scania with nothing on it, you'll get the steering wheel and the seat and that'll be all that's in it. Mm. You have to take every box. Everything is extra, you know. So I, I ticked all the boxes anyway and the truck came. Was that a little present for yourself? I think it was. I was trying to gather a few pounds so I could have a deposit to buy this truck when some sort of a deposit, whether it was 10 or 20 or 15,000 or something like that, 15,000, I said, I need a deposit for this, you know. That was kind of, you know, you have to get into here now. If you can't afford to buy yourself a good truck, what's the point of being at? Mm. Especially if you're the one sitting in it every day. Yeah. So um, I bought the truck, put the truck on the road, and then straight away, again, I was there. Jeez, this is some job. <laughs> the truck was light on fuel, up and down the road, no and no breakdowns. You know your timber. If you have mm. older gear, you're broke down a good broke bit. Down, yeah. If you work it out over a month, 
Kultur Rostung, your pair mechanics and time mechanic mm. parts. And uh that was it then. I bought that truck. That was a big that was big money. And then I ordered two more. Or <laughs> maybe Yeah, so that was in uh, the end of nineteen. And then I took out two new six sixties in twenty two. And I took out a new six sixty this year, the very start of the year. And um yeah, so on so forth, you know. I kind of was afraid of finance before, but then once you do it a couple of times, you kind of you kind of just forget about it. You just sign on. And what's been your proudest moment in the business since your father passed? I'd say the proudest moment would be um, just probably getting the silver truck. I'd say it was a landmark for me. It was a landmark for me. I knew, I knew when I got it on the road and when I was working, it was going to work out. You know, I knew it was going to work. Mm. I'd, I'd say that was one of them. There's probably another one that was more important, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah. You know. Is your man proud of you? I'd say she definitely is, yeah. Do you get on well? Yeah, we do, yeah. Even when you work together. I'm just yeah. trying to think about me working with my mum and yeah, my mum telling me what money I'm spending. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of stress. Yeah, we work together and like, you know yourself, years ago, everyone was afraid of finance. And uh, when I started borrowing to start, like I was trying to go off the way my father was kind of doing it. like, But that was kind of like back then and things had moved. So I just one day I just clicked with me, just, 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 start, just start buying like and... Just don't be afraid of it. And I used to put down deposits on stuff. But you're kind of investing in yourself, aren't you? You're yeah, investing in your business. That's when you it's when you buy a couple of things, you realise that you're not just buying um a truck that's worth this amount of money. When you have the truck paid for, it's also your truck, like. So you have the money, like, mm-hmm. you know. And once you start looking at it like that, and you put you know, and you put safety nets in place and when you're buying stuff to make sure if anything goes wrong, you're not gonna be on your back like the the pressure and the stress just goes over. It does for me anyway. Well, you still work uh, long weeks. I still work long, long weeks. What do you hate most about the haulage industry? Just that is a tough question. <laughs> um, do you ever feel like everything's I wish, again you? I, I wish people would uh, pull together more. Mm. I wish haulers would pull together more. Is that haulage or forestry more related? It's haulage. It's haulage. Across the board. Yeah, across the board. I know loads of people in different walks of haulage and, you know, I do wish people to pull together more. See the way the French do it. Yeah. <laughs> they want something, they just block the more ways. I know. Yeah. Here, like, it's not like that. No, we just have little things to give time limits. Would you think oh. you're talking an hour now? I let it. I actually spotted the oak there a while ago. The time on the telly. When, when I asked James to come up and do this, it's the same thing with everyone. I ask people I like to get normal people on to talk mm. you know because they have actually real stories and everyone always says oh the fuck I'm not coming on no one wants to hear me or I have nothing to say or I don't want to talk <laughs> and or you thought you'd be nervous it's actually grand mm. no it is grand it's grand but uh, you're all the same thinking about oh my god you, you forget for a bit of truth the story then you see the microphone again you know? yeah yeah no well you're not used to looking at this old hanging yeah you're not used to it no yeah and uh, yeah what do you um dislike most about your days so what's your worst part of your day I, there's no worst part of my day really I don't really hate any of my day you hop up in the morning alarm goes yeah, off yeah like uh, I get up there any time between four and a half four most mornings yeah love it yeah I get up uh, I, I am happy enough to be in the truck in the morning 
I think it's it's actually quite relaxing. You do I do a lot of long hauls, so it's quite relaxing for me for the first two hours of the, of the morning. Phone's not ringing, you're just just the radio. Or. Have you a good work life balance now? I do be very busy some weeks. Some weeks be very busy and days will be very busy. But I would like go to music festivals, go on holidays. We all, you know yourself, you would like to be home more often. I'd like to be home more often. So the trucks are trucks. Like when you go back to the yard sometimes, there's something to be done. The more trucks you have, the more it's to be done. Even though the gear is good, there's always some tire gone or there's something, mudguard, yeah. some mudguard or light not working or fuse after blown or, you know, there's always something they're pulling and dragging at. And um, we're building a house now at the moment, myself and my uh, fiancé. So What's her name? Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. He didn't give her second name. She's afraid, afraid someone to take her. <laughs> and uh, so that is hectic. Building house now with the How house. far are you gone with that? Uh, the house is second fixed wire now. Oh, cool, and the stonemason is finished building the stone. Who done the block lane? Um, if, you don't, if you say you didn't do it, you lazy bastard. No, I didn't do it. Oh, for fuck's sake. I did not do it, no. Hand time. Couldn't uh, take a bit of time off. Couldn't take a bit of time off. I would lose a fortune if I was to stay at home. Because you, oh, you, you stay at home for one day in the garage, like you kind of lose touch to what's going on. You need to be on the road. I know as myself, I, have a, I do other work with the truck as well. And if I go off at that for a couple of days, you, you lose contact with the timber. Timber, you have to be at in there at yourself. Ringing the forward. See what's in around the woods, checking it out. You know yourself, I ring you some days. Yeah. I was in your woods. You have to be on the ground. Yeah. You know. What mill do you draw into most? up to ECC in uh, Cordomona, County Galway. And then we draw the pulp out of Galway back down to... Was I ever telling uh, you about my first drawing into ECC? <coughs> I vaguely remember something. Barry gave me the dolly treader and I never drove the dolly treader before and I was always fighting with him. I want the dolly treader. Everyone's telling me it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and he says, right, take the dolly treader because I had a drawbar treader. And everyone kept telling me, oh, drawbar trader, bastard. And it was a cunt of one. It wasn't well balanced. And mm. David Braid and them all, I love the Dolly trailer. <laughs> so I went down, I got a load, drove up to ECC. It's in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And I drove up on the Weybridge and I waited and it asked me for a sample. <laughs> and I had to reverse off the Weybridge. No, I drove forward, took off seven. First, yeah. I couldn't reverse back onto the, the Weybridge. Wasn't able. And there's was all these lads there. Are you not able to reverse it? And I said, yeah. No, I can't. He says, How'd you get it down here? I said, Well, I didn't fucking reverse yeah. it. Like, <laughs> it took me ages. I'd go back out, I'd queue again and go in. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. But lad, when you start driving lorries first, no matter what you go out, where you land, you get yourself into some handlands. Mm. You do. <laughs> You're well able to mind the lorries in the wood. Not easy. No, I do. I take pride in the lorry in the wood. You must find. Do you not find it hard to have a nice big high lorry in the wood when the fucking brows and the yeah, branch? Yeah, mine are not too high. I have one real high one, and I'll never buy it that high again. Um, I have a super space cab that lovely truck, but it just it's just so high. Couldn't mind it. So high. I'm not on it now. Never buy on it there. But uh, Miller, big shout out to Miller. He's with me maybe seven or eight years there now. Good driver. Ah, uh, good driver. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to do any other kind of haulage? Any other haulage give you a horn? I um, don't mind. I've done tiny bits of lower work. That's a small bit interesting. Like, but no, I love the timber. I do. I could see myself drawing timber there till you're 60 years old. Well, with the gear you have, you know, bothered here. <laughs> any cabs in any of your cranes? No cabs. Don't no. like them? 
I never actually drove a cab crane. I might have sat in one or two. Never drove one, I don't think. When you're specking your lorries now, <coughs> is weight a big thing for you? Or do you care? Weight was a massive thing for me when I was younger. Massive thing. I used to really go into it. And I still go into it. But when you buy a V, it's kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of out the window. It's kind of like, you know, out the window. So I do buy, try to keep the trailers fresh. And um, the Epson cranes aren't a heavy crane for what they are. So they keep us somewhere reasonable like. Are the V8 way easier on diesel than the non-V8? Be honest. Or is it the way you drive them? The new V8s, the new ones, like I had a 560 there before, like that was kind of like, you know, like any other lorry on diesel. Not too bad for the year it was in 2016, but the new ones now, I have never got fuel out of them. Like, like you know yourself, from Thomastown to Connemara, to up there, it's a tough road. That's our main, mm. that's our main run like. And that's a tough road. If you have a lorry that's, that can give you fuel consumption on that run, it's a good trip. Now, maybe um, I have a new 560 Scania coming there next year. She's the new six-cylinder, the new super engine. That's meant to be the best on fuel. They, they call them great names, don't they? Yeah. You know, they, they've won already. What kind of engine is it? Oh, it's a super one. It's a super, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll see, yeah, what happens there. And what would you say your colour, your business colour is what? We are multicolored. So you know I started off red and white. Yeah. Why 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 did you not nail down the colour? I um I think I, I like trucks being different. Do you know the way if you look at a company and every truck is the exact same? I looked at other companies going around and some they had white ones, silver ones, black ones, red ones. So every time you see the truck you actually look at. But if every truck is the exact same, who really looks at it? Like you see one, you see them all. I think that's my thinking behind it. Would you like, uh, if you're going real well now in the future, you need a ball of money, right? <laughs> this is hypothetical. Would you be into the truck shows, like a, tr a show truck? I go to the truck shows and not time, but not a massive, like, um, when my father was around, we used to go to the vintage shows. Father had a steam engine. He brought the steam engine in from America, looked at an eBay. Find an eBay. <laughs> A steam engine, like this steam engine, like would be 17, 18 ton. And uh, there was a couple in America getting divorced, and the two more the steam engine, and they were going to sell it. I don't think the husband wanted to sell it, but I think he had no choice in the matter because she needed to be paid. He obviously wasn't able to buy her out. So um, he was in contact by email with this couple, and then they went radio silence for maybe three months. Amanda was her name, I remember, because my father used to say that. Effing bitch Amanda is not, <laughs> is not emailing back. <laughs> so so um, eventually then one night, like, um, the, the email came came through. You could hear it in the corner. What I can't remember it was an old computer in the corner. Yeah. Like, And he checked his email. The email came through. Here's your one back on stream. The steam engine was still for sale. Do you still want it? So um, he, he, he bought that then over, over the phone, you could say. And um, had to... I say Rob Steele and borrowed <laughs> to get the money to buy it and uh, paid Americans to take it apart and ship it in and put, and put it onto a pallet like some of the pallet boards the boards in the pallet were that big like and loaded into a 45 foot container and the container landed in Cork a good friend of my father's picked it up at the time and landed it back in the Ross and we went down and put it together down the Ross on, in the port? In, no, he collected it in Cork, I think, in the port and brought it back 
on the truck to uh, New Ross. And then he, the, the whole arena Ross, we put together in his yard. Was it hard put together? Wasn't a hard. Did you do it with your dad? I did. It's actually on my Facebook page there. I think the picture of it there. So that but, yoke has big memories for you and him. Me and him and my cousin. We were involved in it. Three of us were involved in it. So we put it together. It wasn't much put together on fairs. Put the wheels back on. Put the chimney back on. Put the water tanks back on. Um, it was a plowing engine. So it pulls direct from the hitch and it plows like in the prairies I think it was pulling like there's a video on YouTube actually in America that engine working pulling a 10 salt plow and uh, so we used to go around to the shows to that all the time um, I know I don't know I had interest in it but you know when you're a young lad mm. you want to be everywhere don't you yeah. you want to be so we went around to the shows for maybe oh, I think around 2007 went around to the shows for what four or five years Six years, and it's an unusual one. There's not too many American steam engines in, in, in Ireland. It's worth a few pounds. It's worth a few pounds, yeah. Loads of lads often ask me father how much it was worth, and he never answered, so I couldn't answer you either. But uh, it's definitely a valuable machine. And a wise man said to me father one day, um, he was on about selling it. He said, your man, what's it worth? And your man says to him, uh, it's worth what it costs to replace it. They can't be replaced. Sure, it's very hard to replace it because I don't think they let them out of us, uh, say, America that much anymore because there's like per preservation orders on them. Like, so is so. that sitting in your shed now? It's sitting in my shed now. I um, only took it out once after my father uh, and uh, my cousin passed away. I, only took, I took it out, only took it out once. But we used to go to the shows all over the country and uh, we used to do this particular race. It was called the, it was called the Slow Race. It goes on at some... Steam rallies, like mm. so. So the way it works is like there's um, a crankshaft on the on, on it, obviously, and there's a big pulley wheel. Mm. The pulley wheel, you know, the big pulley wheel, the yeah. traction wheel is spinning, spinning, spinning. So like, if the pulley wheel is moving, it means the crankshaft is moving, obviously. Like, so if you let the crankshaft stop, you're out of race. All right. So you have to get it to go as slow as, as slow possible, as possible cabin. and then to get over the line, the last person across the line wins, or else if all the rest of them stop, then you win. So. Uh, my father won this race uh, two years in a row down in, in the Shannon Steam Rally. And uh, so that was grand. That was 2012. And then myself and my cousin loaded up and went on down in 2013. And we actually, we gave the whole day out in the sun practicing and then done the race and we won it. Yeah, we won it, yeah. And uh, we thought this was absolutely fantastic, like, you know. And then... Um, so it was, just, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. It was a real high point yeah. after, you know, my father. And then sure, it was the, it was, that was the bank holiday again. It was the Tuesday morning after that. No way. Yeah. Fuck. That, that was that then, yeah. And, um, but, uh, yeah, that was that then, yeah. So you haven't fucking got that out since? No, I haven't got it out. I didn't sell it. My father has vintage stuff all over the place at home. I didn't really sell any of it yet, but I probably will sell some of the tractors and stuff, but I couldn't see myself selling that. There's a lot of history there with it. I think I'd regret if I sold it. I might want it down the line if I ever had kids. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's, it's have interesting. Have you any of the old lorries? No, the only truck I have at home that's old is the CR6 scan, you know, the red and white one I used to drive myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's at home, but um, I don't know if I would have as much interest in that as I would have. I have a Mercedes tractor at home. I think I'd be more interested in doing that up than doing up the truck. Have you one of them? I had uh, an MB track. A 90. MB track 900. They're cool. 
father bought it, uh, I think I was only about 13, 14 at the time. I used to drive to school never my father go away into trouble. You did not? Father was, no, he, 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 he didn't want me driving to school. <laughs> but uh, a couple of times I got away of bringing it in. Sure, lad, I used to park in the car park beside the teacher's cars. There was war, sure, I'd say. I'd, I'd say I only got away with bringing it in a couple of times. And then, You're all mad bastards down there, weren't you? Yeah, if we got away with it. If we got away with it. Sure, everyone was telling the stories tonight about the cars and um, the field cars, all that carry on. Yeah, we were mad. You were all that? Mad. Racing quads, all that stuff. Are you into quads now? No. I got a tumble off the racing quads. I love yeah. the way you say that, a little tumble. Yeah, I got a tumble off the racing quad back in, I don't know. There was one of them at the truck run. A really oh, clean one. i seen it on the video. It's fucking lovely. That's a, fan, that's a serious one. That that's, one's spotless. That's a 1500, I think. Yeah. That's the big one. Mine is only a 90, it's only 900. That's a six cylinder. That's a 900 there now, yeah. And is there much to be done with? Uh, there's a good bit. 15 or 20,000 euros worth, I'd say. They're lovely. They are smashing. And I have a bit of history to it. I used to drive it on the on the small little farm we had when I was growing up as well. You farm now? Uh, I caught hay and I make hay and I sell it. And I don't uh, I don't do anything else with the farm for the rest of the year. Now for all the farmers this and that pretty sounds... Uh, do you get any grant money? I get bits and bobs. How much? <laughs> very, very little. Not, <laughs> not, not enough to buy the front seat of your Jeep, anyway. <laughs> what is your dream? Like, where would you see yourself in 10 years? Where would you like to see yourself in 10 years? Well, business-wise. My dream would go further than that. My dream would, I'd like to be able to retire at 60 years old and just... Just you won't be able to retire when you're 50, 60 years old in a million years. No, I probably won't. I'll probably become broke by then. You're one of these lads that just loves being fucking busy. Um, I do like being busy. But I also, in fairness to Michelle, we do get away a good bit like to different places and we go, like we do enjoy ourselves. We get out a lot. And uh, like, life's life for living. And you see the way some people's lives get cut short. Did like, that make you enjoy your... Now when you look back on that in hindsight, did it make you enjoy your life more or does it make you afraid of life more? That's and probably one of the reasons I got, I got rid of the quad because when you go through stuff like that, life is valuable. You see, it's so fragile, it can be taken away at any time and you really do, um, you really do value the, like, the time you have. Are you ready for the questions? I am, I think, yeah. Don't be afraid. What's your first vivid childhood memory? Uh, just being around at home as a child, I think, with my father there and my sisters there, just me, just kicking soccer around the garden or just playing like that in general. I think, when I think back, I remember my neighbour, the scary dog. I always remember that when I think back to real childhood. But that's all I can remember. There's no something that sticks out specifically. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah, scary dog. <laughs> I remember my, me and Garrett's earliest memories, and it's weird because we both have the same one. There was this fox underneath the window sill at home, a <coughs> stuffed fox. And when we'd hear daddy coming home in the evening in the lorry, we'd all stand up in the back of the fox to look out through the window. But we used to break the legs of the fox and mother would come in shouting and screaming over us sitting <laughs> on this fox. <laughs> if you walked into a room with everyone you'd ever met in your whole life, who would you go looking for first? Um, 
And doesn't matter if they're obviously doesn't matter. I'd be causing it to. What would you say to him? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know what I'd say, but I'd definitely ask him something. Then, yeah. Uh, is home for you a place or a feeling? It's definitely a feeling, and it's a place. It's both. I love being at home. Well, I love being at home. But like when I was in Australia, I always wanted to get back to the home place. Like I always so whatever way. Are you building near home? I am building only across the field from my mother, so you can literally see her house from my house. So you're not really moving anyway? No, I'm not. And I like it there. I really do like it there, yeah. Do you still live at home now? No, we're renting a house there in, in Thomaston at the moment there. Did you find it hard to move out of the house? Uh, no, not really, because we're only moving, two, we're only two miles away, you know. And sure, Michelle moved out from Dublin to me, so... Is she a Dublin woman? No, she's originally from Clare. So uh, she moved, yeah, she was working in Dublin, I live in Dublin, so I, I drove up and down for a couple of years. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember and, that. And uh, yeah, so the, the, the least I could do was move into a house and, you know, stuff. Uh, would you like yourself if you met yourself? I think I would, but you'd have to give me half an hour to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's something you're holding on to that you need to let go? There's probably a bit of trauma still inside me. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely still in there. You'd feel it there. You feel it there very regular. When do you feel it most? Could be anything. Could be like everything could be going great. And then a song could come on that reminds you of something. Could be a lorry, could be a tractor, could be a car, could be a lawnmower, could be anything. But when there's, when there's hurt in there, and, and I, I, I believe, Does it come out as hurt or I, anger? I, I, no, it doesn't come out as anger really at all. I think it's just a thought in your head and you're hurting probably in the truck on your own as you know there's loads of time for thinking there. And I think you just just put, put just puts it fresh in your brain, you know, whatever it is, you know. What advice would you give to someone in your position that was feeling them feelings? Just, um, see, I, I was kind of, Brought up, kind of, you know, get on with it, like, just get on with it, and, you know, today is today, but tomorrow is another day, and it'll, things, things got better. Like for me, I didn't think things were going to get better, and they did. Like, look at me now, I'm, you know, like a happy go jolly, good business. You know, I met, I get married next. We're getting married in the next year, building a house. Sure, what more do you want in life, really? Like, some people mightn't be as strong. No, and I think I I I, I was strong, but I, I don't remember being strong. I just remember taking one day at a time. Like now, I do remember one particular night. I was at home, and it was after probably all that stuff that went on, and I was trying to fix the truck, and I just was going to give up, going to give up. And I rang one of my uh, father's friends that had said to me, "If you're ever in bother, give me a ring, and I'll come down." And he did come down and he got dug into it helped me out and got me going and that was that was a moment that I always remember like you just you feel like you're just bring me out to the yard and burned off the whole lot I only had two lorries at the time it's anyway but that was that was still so important that, that's a moment that I always help. remember I always remember that, you know the couple of really low moments that you have I always remember them and not a bad way but I remember pushing through just push through if you had to ask one person a question and they had to answer you truthfully, what would you ask them? 
Just that's a tough question. It's not. <laughs> yeah, that's one question. <sighs> Probably ask the government that they're going to take the all the, the tax off the diesel. The, the diesel. <laughs> <laughs> or the VRT off the cars. Uh, no, that's just a mess. I don't know. I, I don't know. It is a hard question. It is a hard question, yeah. Uh, do you believe in God? I like to think I do, yeah. You go to Mass? My mother goes to Mass. I go at Christmas and stuff like that. Do you pray in your head? Um, I don't think I pray, pray, but I definitely talk to someone on here. That's not sure who it is, but it's the God, but I definitely look for something sometimes, yeah. Do you believe in aliens? No. Do you ever get freaked out about things like that when you think about them? get freaked out in the woods sometimes. Going to a barrier there at 10 or 11 o'clock and you're on your own. Do you ever get afraid? God, savage fright one night below, below in Galway. Loads of stakes in the, in the back of this wood. Four or five miles from the road. Thought I was the only person in here with the birds. <laughs> like, I thought that was it. And I seen a lad down at the back of the trailer, dark, wet night, and he turned around. I, I, I walked the other way. But I didn't know there was a tar road just outside the ditch. That would freak you out, though. <laughs> that would freak you out. I felt like just driving off at half a load. <laughs> I, got, I got freaked out the other day. Just in the wood and it was in the middle of the day just thinking about something. Mm. I was looking at this thing and you, say hello to yourself in your head five times. Just in your head. Say hello to yourself. Mm. If that was you saying hello, you wouldn't be able to do that. Who are you saying hello to? <laughs> Freaks me out. Think about it. Say hello to yourself in your head. If that was you that's saying that, you wouldn't be able to do that. Who are you trying to answer? Who's answering? Does that not freak you out? <laughs> I don't think I'm getting it. Think about what more you'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll freak out like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you trust anyone with your life? I would, yeah. Who? I'm sure I trust uh, my, uh, I trust Michelle and I trust, trust my family as probably as well, yeah. Are you still very, are you very close with your family? Hmm, would be. Like, there's two of my sisters in Australia full time. I only have one sister, say in Ireland, but uh, of course, she didn't like me. So when you bring it back to that, it's only my mother and my sister are actually in the country, you know. So. When was the last time you shit yourself? I was ready for this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. But I'll put a twist on it for you. A couple of weeks ago, probably two months ago, um, I went out. Did you know the way when you're used to getting up at four o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And... Uh, so when you go drinking, then you could get like two hours sleep and you come home. Mm. Then you could be wide awake. Yeah. So I sometimes take a sleeping tablet or half sleeping tablet when I come home from... Not like a bit of drugs to get you sleep. <laughs> to get you sleep. So I came home to the pub there and um, took a sleeping tablet. Don't know what it done to me, but... Uh, Please say you shit the bed. Um, uh, Michelle was downstairs playing with the dog after we, came, after we came in from the pub. And I walked into the sitting room. The sitting room was dark. And I just started uh, pissing on the dog's bed. And, <laughs> and uh, my eyes were open, but I was still asleep. <laughs> and then I thought I was in the room on my own, and then Michelle shouted at me, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I would, that, I would rather have that happen to me than wake up and have pissed in the bed. Well, at least, you know, I had to wash the, way to wash the dog's bed the next day. <laughs> I thought you were going to say shit the bed. That would have been a fucking great fucking story. Can you, we do, can you just say shit the bed and no, I let it that way? Uh, what do you want to be known for when you die? Um, just a simple ended, good, honest person, I suppose. You know, probably, probably, probably worked hard to, 
to get with a goss I suppose something like that as simple like well James thanks a million for coming no and I genuinely want to tell you that your father and your cousin be very proud of you thanks you're a good dad that's here and like you're not that much younger than me but you are <laughs> but uh, thanks a million for coming no bother thanks for having me sound thanks <laughs>